0: Hi and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I'm Donathan D'Souza from The Long Way's Better.
1: And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pie. Welcome back after a, a pretty extended break that we took during peak hiking season.
0: Yeah, I think we both uh, didn't expect it to be quite as long, but no. it ended up being a month,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think. Over a month, probably since we recorded at least.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but it's peak hiking season. What can you say? <laughs> exactly. Um,
1: so you were off in the Northern Territory and elsewhere around. Yeah, Perth.
0: I went. I went down to. Well, we'll talk a bit about Fitzgerald River today, yeah. and I also was in uh, in Dryandra Woodlands, and found myself in Northern Territory for work, which also meant going to see some things up there. Hmm. And you had a very big. I did. Um, yeah, very so I big. Was
1: finishing the Billman, so I think the week that I was finishing, you were in Perth, and then when I was back, you were over <laughs> easy for work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we didn't really have time to record any pods, but we're back, and I guess that's what you kind of expect in the middle of hiking season.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, I had the. So I flew Perth, Melbourne, Melbourne, Darwin, Darwin, Perth melbourne and i was only home for like two or three days
1: wasn't long um so so we're back at least and episode 49 yeah we are going to talk about kind of the south coast eastern southeastern part of western australia so we'll incorporate cape arid cape legrand esperance and you're going to do a little rebuttal on Fitzgerald River now that you've finished everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 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 sort of. I, I, know, I'm, I think I'm mostly in, agree, in agreement, but, yeah, I have a few comments. Okay.
1: Um, so I guess we'll start in the, the furthest point away from Perth, which is Cape Arid. Mm. Um So how far away? You've done this one. There's the Tagon Coastal Trail, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, so how far away from, let's just say, Esperance is Cape Arid?
0: like an hour and a bit i think Mm. it was it's it's quite straight just down the road and then you take the turn into the park but you know this is pretty far if you think that esperance is already like what a seven hour drive from perth Mm. so it's another hour and a half on top of that so it's it's pretty far and really the park is massive so there's a number of walks that you can do there but a lot of them are extremely inaccessible you need a four-wheel drive to get to them and the on Coastal Trail is probably the most accessible of the lot. And even then it was inaccessible because we were driving down this road that was basically clay and our tires were just coated <laughs> and we were just like sliding, you know, it was just sliding down the road. Uh, but in spite of that, it's a very popular national park, mm. but unfortunately it's had, it, it seems to always have bushfires through there.
1: Yeah, because I remember you were, well, not fretting, but you were worrying quite a bit as you were planning and um, looking forward to this trip that there were bushfires and pretty big ones at that um, right before you, you went out.
0: Yeah, yeah, quite severe. One of them closed the, the La Grande Coastal Trail and there was some fear that they may have closed the Tagon as well, which would have been you know, a complete waste of our time to go all that way and mm. the two big ones were closed, yeah. but thankfully they weren't. All
1: right, so you mentioned the muddy track getting out there. That kind of surprised me considering, like, coastal WA, you just think, like, boggy sand, but clay that's slippery and it didn't even look that wet when you went. Mm. Um, Yeah. Do you you know why that was the case?
0: I don't know. I think it's just a very specific microenvironment. There's a lot of, you know, I think past Albany there's a lot of sort of swampy areas. And I think this is one of those areas that seems a bit swampy. I mean, we were we were clearing mud out for days after our visit there. Mm. We, you know, we, we hosed the car down underneath with like, you know, the jet spray to get it out because we knew we were going to go to Fitzgerald River. And we mm. still had stuff like, as we were um, in Hopeton, we still had mud falling out. And that's in spite of having hosed down really thoroughly and scrubbed under, mm. under the the guards
1: Wow, right, so you see, obviously made it to the the start yeah um what's the first little build first i probably should talk about uh length and where it goes
0: sure so the take on trail it's a bit confusing because this is something that i had very different information from various different people so the full trail is 15 kilometers return because you walk there and back but some signs say seven, some say, you know, that it's, I think I had one that was 12, but it is 15 from start to finish. And and the trailhead says this, but for a long time, Trails WA said, just said seven, I think, Mm. Um, and there was similar discrepancies with uh, DBCA's page. Mm.
1: So is it a trail when you get to the end, is there an access point for a full drive or do you have to then walk back?
0: so there there are multiples you can walk to there and then be picked up with a four-wheel drive but it's a long bit of beach driving to get there and there's a spot halfway along that you can get off at but you know we wanted to do the whole thing or at least i wanted to do the whole thing (laughs) Alyssa didn't do the whole thing (laughs) yeah we'll get to that later um
1: so obviously being a coastal trail you start right on the coast and i mean it is that turquoise, granite headland, white sandy beach terrain that you're in, very similar to basically most of the coastline along here.
0: Yeah, so it's I'd, I'd say you know the scenery, just as soon as you start the walk, the, the trailhead's just on the on the vehicle track and then you walk down to the beach and it's just spectacular. It's a typical of that south coast scenery. you know the sand is bleach white, the water is that turquoise color. And as you say, the Granite Headlands just give it that, you know, that sort of rugged beauty.
1: Mm. And sort of what do you look forward to on the first start or the first section of the track?
0: So I think the, the thing that I'll say here, and I'll say the same thing about Le Grand, is that I feel this trail is from a time when trails were made to be exciting and not gone, oh, we'll risk assess all of the fun out of it. Mm. So I think, you know, first of all, you, you're there and you see these waves crashing against the rocks. And then you're walking up, you know, up a hill that's this granite slope. And probably today they go, oh, no, it's too risky. We can't have people do this. But, you know, this trail exists and it, it's fantastic. You mm. know, you're walking up these, these granite slopes and you're getting to, to, to look at the, you know, the many islands off the coast and the, the full curve of the bay. Yeah, it's just spectacular
1: so I guess it's kind of like the same thing they're going through now With the rock fishermen Trying to bring them into line And make them wear life jackets and chains and everything um, It's very similar terrain though To rock fishing down south, isn't it?
0: It, it is But I think you know, The trail's far enough away from the coast Most of the time To not be a problem uh, There is a spot where there is a uh, A ring to save people just in case and i think fishermen do enjoy this trail as an access point to fishing places Mm. yeah
1: so we mentioned the fires before i mean it didn't completely escape being burnt did it
0: no there was there's a little bit of bushfire you know signs there but nothing that i would say was you know absolutely devastated um you know there was a little bit through there but i think the worst of it was further east mm. so you know in that case it was you know this this particular trail got off quite lightly i think
1: so obviously dotting between the granite headlands are some spectacular beaches yeah I just want to go into detail on a few of those and maybe which one was your favorite of the whole trail
0: so i think you know the first one was dolphin cove And, you know, it wasn't very long. It's only like about a 500 meter walk along the beach. And what I like about it is when you look at the... You look to the the end of the beach and there's like the granite sort of mound that is the headlands. And it has a bit of a, you know, like a peak head or a bald head kind of look, but much smaller, obviously. Mm. So that's, you know, that's really cool. And the... The next beach along was Little Tagon, which I think is probably the nicest one. Little Tagon, it's just, just a small little beach, you know, not very long, but very charismatic. The, you know, the waves here are probably a little bit rough for swimming, um, and they're unpatrolled beaches. There's not a lot of people, so mm-hmm. there's always that little bit of danger with these this area. But it just looks so stunning that you you want to swim.
1: Yeah, I mean, getting onto the people, did you see? any other hikers or four-wheel drivers or fishermen on your your expedition
0: we saw two people walking at the near the start and then they turned around after about a k or two k's mm. we saw two people fishing and with a full with two four-wheel drives and then on the way back we saw two people so that's it
1: mm. so fairly isolated
0: fairly isolated yeah uh, I think a lot of people go there to camp and fish and they don't really interact that much with the trail per se, mm. but I think that's a bit of a shame because it's a really fantastic walk.
1: Yeah, the photos definitely look amazing. And then from Little Tagon Bay, you more Granite Headlands, so it's kind of like a series of Granite Headlands with linking beaches. Yeah. And then you get onto the actual Taegon Bay, um, yep. which... Looks quite spectacular, and some four-wheel drive tracks there, and a little bit of weather coming in on your hike.
0: Yeah, so the weather was spectacular and perfect as we got there, but then just as we got to Tagon, it really just started bucketing down, and Alyssa was not in the mood. Um, I think she was pretty tired. Didn't you know? Didn't really want to do this. Mm. So in the end, she decided that she was going to call it quits on the beach and there was a spot near a sand dune where she could kind of get shelter because mm. the wind was blowing the the rain in from the west and so she was hiding behind there and I said no 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 I'm going to finish this you know <laughs> the long way yeah. is not you don't run it up until you do the whole trail so you know I was getting drenched quite heavily walking through the rain but I you know got to the end of the beach, and I think that the ending is like part of part of it there um when you reach so it's a little bit on from there that you get to the end of the trail. Mm. I think that that was some of the best scenery there. There's this like massive granite sort of mound or boulder mm. that's standing by the track, and it just it just frames that perfect sort of final view. Yeah. And when i got there as well the rain sort of died down and for the rest of the day it was basically perfect um yeah and then you get to the end and you get to have like one last view and you can see sort of the the boundary of the national park you can see just how massive take on point is so take on point is another sort of peak head bald head and this time it is actually a huge granite you know mound that's Mm. that's there as the headland
1: it's a pretty spectacular finish and then it's back the way you came to finish up the trail yeah
0: which you know some some trails can be like oh, <sighs> again and yes you know there was a lot of beach walking yeah. on Tagon, but i enjoyed it and it was you know it's nice scenery if the scenery is nice you kind of don't mind you know yeah yeah so i guess <laughs>
1: from cape arid we'll move to cape le grand um so this is one we've both visited but you have spent a lot longer there doing the le grand coastal trail mm. Um, which looks a very spectacular walk, and you rated quite highly.
0: Yeah, so I did my top 10 hikes in Western Australia before I did this walk, and it's in the top five now. You know, like, it's easily one of the best day walks I've done anywhere in Australia, you know, mm. definitely in terms of coastal walks. It's, it again, like the On Coastal Trail, I feel like this was made and someone just went... Oh, people want to see this, 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 and we'll, we'll just link everything up like that. Mm. And, you know, we won't worry that much about safety. And I think it, you can see the quality, you know, that they, they probably spend more money now on trail construction to get things to look perfect and build bridges and everything. And this was an just exemplary of how good trails in Western Australia could be.
1: Mm. Because, I mean, it is, it's a very popular area, Cape Le Grand. Mm. Um, if you're not well-versed in it, you will know it from Lucky Bay and yep. the kangaroos on the beach. But the actual park, if you explore more than just Lucky Bay, it is one of the most beautiful places in WA. Yeah, definitely. Worthy of Instagram snappers and holiday makers um, flocking there for most of the summer. As you said, it's kind of like a highlights tour of the area that you can actually drive to most of these places, but you found the walking a lot better in terms of experience.
0: Oh yeah, just the the way that... So you start at the, um, you know, the eastern end, or you can start on the western end, um, but I started from Rossiter Bay and then headed to uh, La Grande Beach. And so you're heading west across all of the beaches. And this is basically the bulk of the park. So you're seeing the entire coastline from the, from Rossiter Bay all the way to the end. And you could, you know, you could potentially walk to the end of Rossiter Bay and back and see the whole park. But what you're seeing is, you know, some, it, before I went there, I was sort of a bit skeptical that Cape Grand could possibly be as good as the hype. Yeah. But it lived up to it. And this trail is just, uh, as you say, like it's a, you know, it's like the grand tour of Cape Le Grand.
1: Mm. Yeah. Now, certainly when we were there, I was like, oh, I wish we had the time to mm. do it. Cause I think we only had one night in Lucky Bay and we did Frenchman's Peak which we'll talk about later. Yep. Um, but yeah, I could see people walking off and from the Lucky Bay campsite, like you can see trails going off to the headlands. I was like, oh, I knew the trail was there. I was like, there's no way I can convince Karas to pick me up and give me time to, mm. to do it all. Um, but you got that experience?
0: Yeah, so I was I was lucky in a way because Alyssa didn't want to do it but was happy for me to do it mm. because it is a one-way trail. That's the, I think it's his biggest weakness, but I can't see any other solution because any other solution will just, it will just add unworthiness to the trail because mm. you're basically getting quality almost the whole way. Yeah. And if you were to loop back through the middle, it's not very exciting.
1: Yeah. Unless you could somehow incorporate Frenchman's Peak into it, but then there's a lot of just like scrubby heathland you'll have to bash through. Yeah. To get to it. Yeah. And
0: my, my view is, is definitely always keep keep trails as, as excellent the whole way as you can. Mm. Um, if it doesn't loop, well, then tough. You know, that's just what it is. Yeah.
1: Um, and you mentioned, I mean, Alyssa had the car. She could meet you at certain points. Yep. Um, what was the, the highlights of this trail for you?
0: Ah, oh, okay. So, you know, I think when you leave Rossiter Bay and you get across the headlands and you you see Lucky Bay for the first time, that's pretty awesome because mm. you, you're coming up over these huge granite hills that are along the coast. And I think that's the thing that surprised me was, you know, as, as epic as, as Albany is, the scenery in Esperance is even more crazy. Mm. Like there's just all those, the, you know, the archipelago out there, the research archipelago, um, all of the, the beaches everywhere had these massive granite, you know, boulders everywhere. and The last time I was there was when I was a kid, so I didn't really remember it that well. But seeing it now and and having, I guess, the more direct reference, because I've I've thought about this, I was like, wow, this is, you know, for for flat Western Australia, this is extraordinarily rugged. Mm. So yeah, that, that first view of Lucky Bay is fantastic. So you know, from Lucky Bay to the next beach along at Thistle Cove. the you know the rugged scenery through there is excellent you're walking up along the coast and you're looking down you know from the cliffs to the to the coast you're seeing all the islands there's a like a trig point there as well that points out where everything is you know that was wonderful and then from thistle cove to hellfire bay and hellfire bay is probably i think the the peak of the lot And i think you said that to me no no um,
1: hellfire bay is a place we can get to go so we went to thistle cove okay um, but, yeah, we didn't make it quite as far as Hellfire Bay,
0: right. Uh, Thistle Cove was fantastic, but I thought um, I thought Hellfire Bay was just you know spectacular, but the walking between the two there's this one bit where you're walking along the top of the granite ridge, and then you walk down this steep slope, and then there's this, this narrow bit of granite you have to walk along, and the waves are coming in just in, just you know right next to you. Mm. And then you come to this cove where it's, as the waves come in, it fills the cove and then it heads out, you know, on the tide and you have to time your passage through there because of it. And I'm just like, how did this, this definitely didn't get made today because WA is so risk averse. They would not allow that. I'm surprised it even exists still because it just is something that I don't think is that dangerous. But they would be Oh no We can't have this
1: Well it's not It doesn't sound dangerous For an experienced hiker Like yourself But yeah, I guess there's a lot of people Around that aren't necessarily As experienced And could get themselves Into a bit of danger Yeah um, As we've seen Over the last months Yeah um, Around the Stirling Range
0: But I mean I think they've read That this is a class 5 I think this section So that they mm. have You know They have given people yeah, Due uh, warning Due warning That this is difficult And it's not it's not an easy walk. I would say that it's probably no more difficult than some trails that in Tassie are promoted as top, you know, among their top trails. Mm. You know, like you, you'd look at Frenchman's Cap and say, that's probably more dangerous than, than this. Yeah, And, you know, the last bit probably from Hellfire to Le Grand is is not as exciting because you're walking through Heath and the trail wasn't very well maintained in some spots Mm. but it still was you know great like if I would think if you if you didn't talk about how excellent everything else was you'd think this was a really good section of trail Um, because I know like Inspiration Outdoors they only walk up to Hellfire Bay when they do it (laughs) because they're like oh the last bit's not that good but no, I think it's worth doing, yeah. and uh, there's more to see. Like I think you could do some off-track walking up the, to the top of uh, Mount Legrand.
1: Yeah, I've heard people do that. I I researched and I was like, I don't think there's a trail up there, or you're not allowed up there. But I mean, was it? It was a wildland, wasn't it? Um, that couple that hiked yeah. up there looked quite spectacular.
0: And it's basically just a granite slope that you can climb up. You know, it's mm. not tracked but i don't think it's particularly difficult to get to Mm. yeah so you know that that's probably i mean this this year has been a little bit of a low-key year so far for me but that's still so that still would be one of the best hikes i've done this year Mm. and you know would slot into the top 10 in any year
1: yeah all right well excellent i'm looking forward to going back and doing that one so I guess we must move on to Frenchman's Peak, which always trips me up. I mean, earlier yep. I had to think about which one it was, because you've got Frenchman's Cap in Tasmania. But in WA, we have Frenchman's Peak, yep. um, which is another Class 5 hike within Cape Legrand. Um And one, I guess it's only, my thoughts were it's only a Class 5 if it's mildly wet or raining. Yep. So it is, it juts out. It looks like a little cap. Mm. Um, but there is a very steep granite incline to get up.
0: Yeah, very much so.
1: When you were there, what was the weather like? It was like sunny and 25. Okay, so it was basically it was perfect. Per- perfect for it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that showed because there was a lot of European tourists going up in thongs. Uh, I was just like, you idiots. Yeah. But they, they did have difficulty getting up and down because you... It's such a steep incline. And it doesn't mm. look like a, until you round, you kind of... Walk along the base for a little bit, then do that little U turn. Yep. And you're just confronted with it. you're like, how am I supposed to climb this? And then you're like, oh yeah, you kind of can pick out the little grooves in the the granite, and you step your way up. But mm. it's it's still a difficult um, challenge.
0: Mm, definitely. Mm. Especially, I think once like once you get to the not so much the cave, but just before that, there's that overhang. Mm. Like once you get to that, it's fine, but. From, as you say, that U-turn when it goes, like, sort of out and then back up. Yeah. There's some sections there that, you know, the, the incline is pretty insane.
1: And that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's wet, and granite you never know when it, like, it could be perfectly fine in the wet and you've got plenty of grip. But then there's just those sections where you're going ass up because it's so slippery. Yeah. And I imagine in the wet, this really earns its class 5 rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, once you get to that kind of, I think this is more of a hippo's yawn than hippo's yawn at uh, Wave Rock because <laughs> it looks like it's like an open jaw as you're coming up. Yep. Um, but from there, it's quite easy. Um, mm. You wander down, and you've got that really, really cool cave, yeah. which is uh, left over from when this actually used to be coastline mm. rather than mountainous
0: or hilly, because that was created by wave action, wasn't it? Yeah. The cave
1: and it's quite big like you think cave it's going to be tiny but the roof's what like 20 30 meters Yeah. from where you stand at the the base and yeah, you get that nice frame looking out towards the ocean and the, yeah. the other little hills in the area i think it is is that mount legrand that you're looking at yeah you can see to?
0: mount uh or is that mount legrand's more to the right i think but mm. you can see you know all the beaches from there mm. um and the summit view is fantastic
1: yeah So you have to like exit the cave and then loop back around and Mm. you stand on top and yeah, great views of the archipelago, looking back to Esperance because you're only about what forty five minutes drive from Esperance. Yeah, and you can see um yeah see back to the port. I didn't quite get great. um, It was sunset when I did it, so the sun was setting towards Esperance, and it was really not cloudy, but um, Mm. yeah, kind of misty. Looked really cool looking there.
0: The thing that I loved about it was we did. I did this. Uh, basically I did the Lagrand in the morning and then, cause we originally, the plan was to do this the day before, but it had rained. Mm. So I was not going to do, <laughs> not yeah. going to do Frenchman's in the rain. Uh, so I did it in the afternoon after finishing the hike and it was a really nice sort of epilogue cause mm-hmm. I got to look at everything I'd just done Yeah, and say like, Oh, I was there. And you realize, you know, th- these things I always find it funny with walks because, you know, you you'll know this when you when you've when you finish in Walpole, and you see where on the Bibbleman track, yeah. and if you if you're coming from Denmark, there's that crossing at Giants, and that's like two days walk. Yeah, but it's like nothing on the highway. Yeah, and you're just like what <laughs> is that all? And if you look at the map, you're like, that's such a small amount of of you know a week of walking from Walpole to Denmark is like nothing. Yeah. Um. But yet, in this instance, I felt it didn't feel like nothing. It felt like that mm. was a quite an achievement.
1: Because you've basically done the entire park, whereas like Walpole to Denmark, it's seven days. Yeah. you're looking out and going, I was there and then I was there in a few hours. And, yeah, I understand the, the sense of accomplishment you would have felt at that moment. Yep. Yeah. So at Cape Grand mm. um, Really good park. Really fantastic park. If you're going to go in summer or peak School holiday season. I suggest you book early. There's a booking system now for Lucky Bay mm. um, to avoid disappointment.
0: And Lagrand has a booking as well now. So um, you know, I think I think Lucky Bay is the nicer of the two campgrounds by a long shot. Mm. We stayed in in Lagrand, but you stayed at Lucky Bay, didn't you?
1: Yeah, we got there. It wasn't the booking system hadn't quite arrived, but we got there early enough mm. um, that there was a tent site available. But I mean. The one thing I couldn't understand is we got up um, to go look at the sunrise and there's 50 odd campsites available. Mm. We were the only ones on Lucky Bay out on the beach watching the sunrise. Right. Like, You've driven all this way. Like,
0: what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, I guess people have their own yeah. ideas of what a holiday T- ten, is.
0: 10 a.m., mate. That's the time you yeah. wake up. <laughs> Tourist o'clock. So, I should say when you're quite right by saying you should book ahead because so we decided we were gonna do this when we finished Frenchman's Cap in Tassie. so mm. that was so we were at the airport in Tasmania on like the first of January, booking for April, mm. and the reason why we stayed at Le Grand was we could only get those days, and I couldn't even get the days I wanted, yeah. we had to move days around to make it work mm. um so yeah definitely if you're considering especially i think april is probably the peak because it's you know it's the first school holidays it's the weather's cool enough that you can go hiking yeah Yeah, definitely plan ahead
1: so i guess we'll move on to esperance Mm. um there's it's a very nice town like it was better than what i was expecting
0: it's Um, better than i remembered when i was a kid it's come a long way i think
1: yeah um we came back through here we did a round australia trip and then stopped in on the way home. I remember the archipelago being really good to explore. I think we went on a boat tour. But the actual town, um, I found really kind of... I don't know how to describe Like, a really cool coastal town. And because it's so isolated, it's kind of got its own little vibe. And Mm. I think there's actually quite a lot of money in Esperance. Like, quite sneaky money. Mm. Um, But then they have a lot of good beaches as well. Oh, yeah. And, And you take that coastal drive out to the wind farms and just... Sweeping bays and granite rocks and islands—it's fantastic out there.
0: Yeah, I I vividly remembered from being a kid doing that drive. I remember Twilight Beach and seeing it again. I was not disappointed. Mm. It's just outstanding with that that rock that has that like cave yeah. thing in it,
1: and you can just basically swim out from the beach. It just looks amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would. Definitely go back during the summer to Esperance. Mm. Um, I know it can get quite windy yep. in summer, but if you get a really nice day, find a sheltered bay, it's heaven.
0: Mm. When we were there, it was about 13 degrees and <laughs> freezing cold, so we didn't swim. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's so, like I think the beaches in Esperance are just as nice as Cape Le Grand in mm. a lot of ways. Definitely, and it's it's good that they're so pristine.
1: Mm. Yeah, we were there and it was, I think it was raining as well and wasn't that warm. Um, But we did go for that drive and also visited the museum in town, which is quite interesting because a lot of history happened um, in Esperance. Mm. Some of it not so good, but then you've got stuff like the Skylab um, crash near Esperance in the 80s, and they've got a a cool display about that. Um, But yeah, definitely there's lots to check out in town, but be warned just like Albany, stuff does shut early mm. <laughs> so opening hours are not what you'd expect in the city
0: yep fair fair call <laughs> mm.
1: um and while we were there um Karis really wanted to do is a a walk called the Kep Kepwari walk mm-hmm. and it takes in the the inland lakes um so there's three of them it passes by mm. and that's a really really cool walk we did that at sunset so we got some really really nice um colors over the lakes as the sun was setting and it basically takes you around some of the lakes and then there's some little bird hides that you can go oh, and cool. sit at. And, I mean, we were only there for a few minutes at each one, but you could see, you know, shags and pelicans and everything flying around. So to sit there for an hour with your binoculars would be quite fun.
0: Were any of these the ones that were the pink lake that's no longer pink? No,
1: we drove out to that one yeah. and got the explanation for that. But, yeah, we don't don't go past the ex pink lake <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the other lakes are kind of cool and and have their own attraction yeah
1: anyway. i would actually like to take a, a canoe or a kayak back because you can um they're all linked up by little oh, streams cool. so you can do three or four of them at the same time and yeah very very calm lots of bird life would be a good good fun adventure
0: yeah that does sound really cool mm. yeah very nice
1: um, so, I guess we kind of get on to Donovan's rebuttal kind of thoughts on Fitzgerald River National Park. So, at the time we recorded the dual podcast, um, you had only done the Mamang Trail on the western side. That's right, yeah. But you returned not long after that to do the Hakeya and East Mount Barron. So, I guess we'll start with the eastern side
0: of the park. Yeah. So, so. I did, uh, as part of that trip, we went, you know, Cape Arid, Cape Le Grand, and then Fitzgerald River and did the Heikia Trail and East Mount Baron. Yeah. Yep.
1: So you had different thoughts, because you also did it in a different way to what I did. So I did it all in one day from Coinhead to Cave Point. Yeah. You did the Heikia Trail as an overnighter, staying at Whalebone.
0: That's right. So we did it in a weird way, because it's an awkward trail to do, because it's a one-way trail. Mm. Memang is probably a better trail to do as an overnight, because it has the different return leg so we started at hammersley inlet walking to wellbone creek leaving our packs there doing uh, a side trip to Coinhead head and back and then we walked back to hammersley inlet and Alyssa wasn't fussed to do the whole thing so she dropped me off at cave point and i walked from cave point to hammersley inlet mm. so i did the hammersley inlet uh linking trail three times <laughs> Um, which is not an inconsiderable length when you've do it, done it three times. It's yeah. only like 2Ks or 3Ks or something. Yeah. But when you've done it three times, yeah. you've done it's, it a lot of a times. It's a good chunk of it, yeah. Yeah. I really liked everything up to from the inlet to Whalebone. I think that it's a really excellent bit of coastal walking. And Whalebone Creek is outstanding. You know, mm. I, I, Someone got offended when I said that it was better than the bilbilman track huts but come on it is better than the bilbilman track huts it's, not that the bilbilman track huts are bad no but it's it's luxurious it's, it's
1: munda spec <laughs> yeah
0: and the 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 fact that the the deck is all wood so when you're in the hut you can take off your shoes mm. and not put them on again till the next day yeah. or if you're going to go to the toilet so i think that that's a really nice thing because the bilbilman track the sandy floors you know I understand why they are but they are not as luxury as having wooden decking
1: yeah and I just wrote up um, the Franklin River Post so oh like, this is luxury <laughs> <laughs> yeah. walk around in socks
0: um, and yeah that was my first building track hut so I yeah. was I was like this is amazing yeah um, and yeah, yeah so this is a, this is a fantastic hut and then there's a problem here mm. and that is that So because this, so the whole backstory behind this was that it was meant to be a a trail right through the middle. And due to, I guess, you know, a few problems, it didn't get passed by the EPA. I think, you know, they, some, some activists got ahead of, of um, Parks and Wildlife, Mm -hmm. who were going to, you know, probably go through a, a good process, but at the time it did, it didn't look very good. And so, you know, things didn't end up well in the trail that w- would have been, which would have been spectacular, didn't get made. Mm. Um, and I understand the dieback risks. Um, it's a shame that they couldn't find a way to have both. But So now it's basically a return walk to Coinhead unless you have a four-wheel drive. And you were lucky enough be- to go out there in a four-wheel drive. You got
1: uh, <laughs> chauffeured out by one of the rangers.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah. It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um so, if you're not lucky enough to get, to have a four-wheel drive that can take, because um, you said that the, the road there is really rough, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's so a real high clearance. When
1: we say four-wheel drive, we don't mean X-Trail like what we have. This was proper, like, he had the the top-of-the-line Ford Ranger, yeah, um, four-by-four to get through there, and there's some steep descents, like... Rocky, eroded gullies that you could only really get to if you've got that high clearance. So don't try it if you've got like a RAV4 or an X-Trail because it may start out fine, but it gets really, really rough. So just keep that in mind.
0: So with that in mind, there's no way to get to the end other than, you know, forking there and back, which is, I think, most people. If you look at the book, that's what most people are doing. Mm. So the problem here is that the trail... Quality drops off significantly from Whalebone Creek. And so you're walking along a very boring vehicle track that you have to walk twice. And is it 6Ks to Coinhead? Yeah, 6 or 7Ks. So that's 12 to 14Ks return yep. along a very boring vehicle track. So the worst part of the walk, like the, the trail is great except for this bit. Mm. The worst part of the walk has to be walked twice. And I feel like it's possible that a better track could have been cut closer to the coast, but it wasn't, mm. and that really sucks because you have to walk this very boring stretch twice, and the you know you can see that some work had gone into building infrastructure on this road, but there's bridges that have been driven over by four wheel drives and mm. stuff like that. So, and there's a lookout that's that like the track. It, it, there was meant to be like a, a sidetrack to the lookout and it's completely grown over and you can't see that there's a lookout there mm. so it's a shame that the the you know this part of the walk that's easily um you know the biggest letdown is the bit you have to walk twice yeah but coinhead is outstanding <laughs> it is
1: epic I remember just getting there and then I mean, we'd been dropped off I was just like Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean how would you do, I would describe it as like almost famous five like coves and beaches and then just wild ocean. Yeah. It's just amazing.
0: And I think because you know Fitzgerald River has that that layered, you know, sedimentary rock look that's mm. very different to you know everything else is granite. Mm. And this just looks so different to everywhere else and Coinhead is made of that rock. Mm. And it's probably the nicest feature in the park of that rock type. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. I would love to get there in a four-wheel drive with a picnic and just spend the whole day just exploring the beach and the cove and everything. But I mean, as a walker, you get there and did you walk all the way down to the beach? Or no, I did you Stop at the lookout.
0: I, I really wanted to, but then I looked at the descent and thought about the extra 6Ks. I had to walk <laughs> back and went, nah. yeah.
1: I mean, when we say 6Ks, the, First, K probably from Coinhead back to Whalebone isn't too bad. It's mm. a long single trail, and then you go down into that little gully.
0: Yeah, but there's like a bit of a waterfall that's dry yeah. most of the year, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: No, it was, yeah, it was dry when we went, but we had a really dry autumn. Mm. But that, that area is quite cool, and then, yeah,
0: unfortunately, you get onto that four wheel drive track. Mm. And I think maybe the four wheel drive track wouldn't be so bad in springtime because mm. the, there will be the wildflowers, and there's a lot of hay here on there. Mm. But you know, like just just for that, like that's not good enough as a when other parts of the park look great all the time. Yeah. So
1: Yeah. Um but you did enjoy Up to Whalebone and then the next day returning to Cave Point. Yeah. Um Hammersley Inlet to Cave Point I think is some of the best coastal walking yes. in the entire park.
0: So I think the bit from Point Edwards Steps to the start of um the Hammersley beach isn't it yeah yeah so as you're walking from point Edward steps to the start of the beach is probably like one of the most epic bits of scenery because there's all these jagged formations in the ocean and mm. there's the waves crashing and there's the zorn as well yeah that was to me that was just like wow and it's only like maybe a kilometer and a half of like yeah. that stretch but yeah. it feels like I was there for so long like, I really, my pace just dropped because I was just awestruck by how spectacular the coast was. Yeah.
1: Our, our pace dropped as well, but for different <laughs> reasons. Um, this is where we encountered Google tracker problems. Um, so, we are trying to figure out what was going on. And then it started to, like, you could see the weather rolling in. Oh. I was just like, wow, like, look at it all. Like, for the other side of Hammersley Inlet or Hammersley Bay or Beach, um, you could see the, the clouds rolling in. And then as you go up to the top of the stairs, it started raining and... There's that. What's the nature lookout? What's the full name of that one? I've forgotten that. As you get to the top of the stairs <laughs> and you get through that, yeah, um, like Salmon Mallee. Yeah. Um, it's it's like the
0: natural garden, like the rock garden area. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: beautiful. And then you can look back and you can see East Mount Baron mm. and um, over to Hopeton. And I mean, it was raining, but we had double rainbows and it was sunset. <laughs> I really, really liked That was one of the best as we answered. Um, that question about the best hour of hiking in the year mm. that was my best hour of hiking
0: yep I can see that mm. it's yeah it was really excellent
1: and then the the cave point lookout as you're going down you're like this is pretty special mm. um, to finish alright so just the East Mount Baron
0: yeah I loved it I thought that was really good mm. um, I think it's the nicer of the two Mount Barons however West Mount Baron I did it in Wildflower season so that was magnificent Yeah. But yeah, really good walk. Can't complain. Um, I love the jagged rocks at the top and how you kind of have to like go through the yeah. rocks to get there. I can see why that was used a lot in promo for Trails WA. Because, mm. you know, they have that in the find yourself in amazing places. And yeah, it is pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's like, it's not just uh, you walk straight up and you can see the summit. Like, I think it's a, a three-piece hike, where you hike up and you're looking back towards the Mid Barrens and the beach and everything. And then you kind of weave in and out the rocky section mm. and then you go up through the big boulders and everything to the summit and the views from the summit are amazing. You can, see Colham Inlet, yep. looking back you can see Hopeton, you can see the air range, you can see the Mid Barrens. It's just an epic spot just to sit and have a look.
0: Yep, for sure.
1: What time of day did you do that?
0: Afternoon, afternoon. Yeah. I
1: thoroughly recommend doing this at sunset. Right, um, if you can get a cloudy day, even better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have that kind of luck. Uh, I think we, we did it mainly. So we did it as a basically as a recon because the next day we were, we were doing the hike mm. So we drove into the park and had a look around. We're like, oh, this is really nice because mm. I think you know they spent so much money on the eastern side, more so than the, than the western side, mm. um, and everything, you know, it's definitely worth, even if you're not a hiker, I think it's worth driving through the park, because it, it you know, I always say this, and I said it again when we came back, when I came back from um, West Mount Barron, I always f- worry that I've viewed it with rose-tinted glasses, mm. but then every time I go, I'm like, nah, nah this, is, this is one of the best parks in Australia, Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, I understand because yeah, we I did it. We Karis well, and I went over Easter last year, and then I got to go back a month later with the Google tracker. Mm. And uh, the western side of the park, getting to Point Anne and you get to that rise, and oh. you can see it. I was like, "Yes, this is exactly how I remember." Like even more special. So, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll get to the western side of the park. So yep. a week or two ago now, you.
0: Yeah, uh, three weeks now.
1: We were going to do a Stirling Ridge walk repeat, um, but we looked at the weather a bit further out and it wasn't looking good, so we both kind of
0: changed our plan. We kind of left it a bit open and we looked at at it and went "Ah, no, and I'd already taken the leave, so I thought, you know what? I never have a three-day weekend. I'm going to go to Vistaril River. and It's a a long drive for a three-day weekend. (laughs) It's a long drive. I mean, I did a lot of short walks, I did two very short walks in Fitzgerald, and then mm. I did, you know, Dryandra dry on the way home. Mm. But I did West Mount Baron first, and you know, again, it's it's that that wow amount of wildflowers. And I remember talking to someone about this in terms of Tasmania. Like they were talking about, oh, how wonderful are the wildflowers. I was like, mm. you ain't seen nothing. Yeah, you know, Come <laughs> this <to> WA <laughs> exactly. And this mountain was, it's so small doesn't have the rugged beauty of East Mount Baron but the wildflowers are amazing and they they change as well as you go up to different elevations you know some some things that are blooming here aren't blooming there Um, different things are growing in different areas and um, yeah just the the amount of color on this mountain Mm. Um, the amount of different species that are growing here and I'm sure if you looked more carefully than I did, you'd see things that I didn't see, like species that maybe it's, you know, or super rare thing that I don't know, because mm-hmm. I you know, don't know these things. You'd yeah. probably be like some orchid that's there that I didn't even notice. So you know, that was great. And the views are fantastic from the top. Um, but mainly I was just, you know, the wildflowers really blew me away.
1: Mm. And it's something that you remarked. I was like, yeah, I found that as well. Is the wildflowers
0: coming down are easier to spot than they are going up? That's very true. I think because you're thinking about getting up. Yeah. Um, and there's that anticipation for the summit. Whereas on the way down, it's relaxed. You're just mm. going with the flow. Yeah. You kind of don't want it to end either. So you're slowing down. <laughs> <and be> like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, it's like, yeah, I'll go look at that. Yeah, for sure. Well, one thing about West Mount Baron I always find funny is that... Um, the mountain or the hill, directly in your view looking west, no, east. east, is Mount Bland. I was like, what a stupid name
0: for a hill. Yeah. Like, give it something better, but I guess that's what they've gone with. Yeah. I mean, they've called them the Barons, you know, like. Yeah. They, they didn't think very much of this area, mm. and they were wrong.
1: They were very <laughs> wrong. It is one of the most biodiverse regions in the whole country, basically. Yep. And then your last walk. Oh, I hope this is your last walk within uh, the western side of the park. Well,
0: I did. I did two, but I have chosen to not write up the other one because. I, I don't deem it <laughs> worthy of being written up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about the the <laughs> one that you did write up, which is the and Heritage Trail. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, we've had good fun trying to find out these heritage trails and hike them over the years. Mm. And this one actually has a lot more heritage. Yeah, it does, yeah. Um, attached to it.
0: Yeah. You know, having the uh, the rabbit-proof fence along it. I think, so for me, this was, I said to you as I was doing it, I messaged you and our other friends about it, and I said, to me, okay, it's only a kilometer long, Mm. but it's a perfect walk. I can't fault anything about it because it's a loop, but it's not a loop for no reason. It's not just to return you. The loop out takes you past the rabbit-proof fence, and then the return journey takes you along the coast. Mm. So you get to see things at every point, and being in wildflower season, there were wildflowers along the trail, you get to to the end of the um to the, of the point there of point Anne, and you get to see you know rugged coastline on one side with waves crashing and then the other side you get the calm of the of the bay and you get to see the mid mount barrens just spectacular you yeah. know it's 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 an example of i wish that we could do this at a scale of a 10k walk of this level of quality. Mm. Um, but I don't mind a walk that's short if the quality level's like this.
1: And that's what gets me about this area is you've got the Mamang Trail on one hand, which is a, an overnight hike or a, a day hike, depending on how fast you're going. Mm. And then you've got this one kilometre Point Anne Heritage Trail. And there's, I mean, apart from West Mount Barron, there's nothing else. I think there could have been a few more options they could have thrown in yeah. and made this a real destination for hiking yeah um but as it is i mean you've got a really long trail that most people will just walk down the beach and come back mm. and then the point the and but i mean spectacular location they've spent a lot of money on the facilities here
0: yeah yeah like the the day use area is amazing yeah
1: and I, I think our I reference is like a little Coca Cabana. That's <laughs> beach exactly hut. what I was going
0: to say. Like a cabana. You know, like they've got like two shelters. They've got heaps of barbecues. Mm. The beach is a
1: beautiful beach. I just imagine like a, a night market there. And mm. you've got like fairy lights all over the the huts um, or the shelters, mm. some food trucks, you know, like a, a little beach party going on down below. It'd be fantastic there. Yep obviously very very far away from anything Anything, yeah um so i guess we'll talk about the last one which is labeled (laughs) as a hike or a walk but it's just like you get there and you're just like why yep is it mount maxwell isn't it mount
0: maxwell yep
1: is it 250 meters or 200 meters
0: it's so it's 250 meters one way so it's 500 meters return but I feel like that's overstating the length.
1: It is. I remember we did this on the trackers. We're like, we're ahead of schedule. Why not? <laughs> and it took longer to put the tracker on than it did to actually hike <laughs> <Did laughs> <the> it. <trail. laughs> I got to the end. I was like, that did not feel like 200 meters. I reckon it's 100 meters, if that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I felt like that. And, you know, I was prepared to write it up. But I thought, oh, yeah, you know, three trails. That's And then I got there, did it, and went, you know what? This would be three or four photos. Mm. This is unworthy of being written up as a trail. Um you know as it is I'm running up a 1 and a 1.5 kilometer trail. Mm. I can't justify this.
1: The only thing it's got going for it is it's on the way out
0: or in. Um, it's free because it's not isn't it outside of the is it isn't no, it after No because
1: it's on the the gravel road. It is on the gravel road after so the, the entry? after the pay station. Oh. So you've come just to do this, Trolley you paying $13. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the views aren't even that good. That's what no. gets me. It's
0: you are better off driving to Point Anne and just going there and be like, wow, yeah.
1: this is great. Exactly. Or like going to West Mount Barron and then just hiking up like a few hundred meters to get some views. Yep. It's just crazy. Um, so I, I have no idea what they were thinking <laughs> with that. <laughs> yep. Um, but there you go. So that is kind of the southeast coast of WA, and what we've done. I know there's certainly more out there,
0: mm. um, and we'll probably be returning, no doubt, in the future. Yeah, I can definitely. There's the um, there's the island that's off Woody Island. Yes, that's off there, and there's there's trails there. So Woody Islands off the coast of Esperance, and there's trails there that I'd like to go back. And there's you know there's so much more to see. I think.
1: Yeah, one thing that I really wanted to do while I was there, but i kind of um denied was um peak charles oh yeah which is I think it's about 150 k's north of esperance
0: yeah on very dirt roads yeah
1: um so google said it took like three hours one way but i doubt that <laughs> yes. it's yeah it looks really spectacular mm. um maybe one day yep definitely yeah so uh yeah that was our pod. Um, welcome back, and <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back. And hopefully, we'll have our regular scheduling going forward until at least summer.
0: Thank you for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode and had any feedback for us, you can give us a rating on Podbean, iTunes, or any of the other platforms that you are listening to us on. Uh, ratings really help us to, I guess, reach an audience to let us know, you know, what you like and what things we could do better or we are doing well and we'll be back in two weeks with our 50th episode